Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. And our top story today, will Secure 2.0 pass the lame duck session of Congress? Today's show is powered by the Spark Institute. To learn more about the Spark Institute, its mission, its members, and its legislative priorities, visit sparkinstitute.org. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Tim Rouse is with the Spark Institute and Chris Gaston is with the law firm Davis and Harmon. Tim, Chris, great to see you both again. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Chris, I want to start with you. Um, we've got a lame duck conference. Um, Secure 2.0 was just one of the things on the discussion palette. Um, where do things things stand with secure and also with the can, the budget? Yeah, it's a great question, Jeff, and thanks again for having us. Um, I mean, I think it's an exciting time in Washington. Always around the holidays is uh, it's like high school seniors getting their term papers done, members of Congress trying to get everything across the finish line before they head home to spend time with their friends and family, which are not necessarily their colleagues. Um, I think Secure Two Point is in a really good position. Um, you know, I think the the folks who've been working on it, you know, uh, Neil's staff. Murray's staff, the the staff of the other tax and ERISA committees, uh, you know, Cardin and Portman, so many folks have spent so much time really since before Secure 1.0 was even enacted back in 2019 to put this all in a good place. And I think they're very close. Um, and I think, as you said, you know, it's fate to some extent relies on the, the passage of a kind of a large bill, a spending bill. Congress needs to keep the government open this Friday. They will. There won't be a shutdown. They likely don't have their business done this week. So I think, you know, we're looking towards next week and right up to the holidays when I think we'll see the final uh, spending package with some other things attached. And I think we're still feeling really good that Secure 2.0 is still in the mix. And, and that's a great thing. So many other things have been kind of cast aside at this point. So, you know, it's a really exciting time. Tim, I want to come to you. Your organization, the Spark Institute, is the premier retirement industry association trade group, however you want to describe it. You have some very important members from the asset management, record-keeping, and consulting industries that are members. Why is this bill more important or important to your members? Well, uh, Jeff, i um, I got to give a lot of credit to Chris. We've done a great job of bringing the industry together to identify what they, um, the unified priorities are for both legislation and regulations. And many of the uh, areas of agreement across the industry are found in this bill. And so that's one of the reasons why you know, we support the bill is because it, it aligns very nicely with a lot of the priorities that, that SPARC members uh, have developed. Chris, when you, you look at the bill, can you just tick off a few of the, you know, as it stands today, because we know things can change, but what are the, what are some of the provisions that are very meaningful to not only Spark members, um, but also Americans? What, what can they expect potentially? We know things might change between now and 1231, but what are, what are some provisions that are very interesting? 
Yeah, it's a great question, Jeff, because there's somewhere north of 100 provisions between the House passed bill back from uh, March of this year and the two Senate committee bills, the Senate Health Committee bill and the Senate Finance Committee bill under the leadership of, of their members and, and, and their committee chairs and ranking members that really kind of all put together a pretty healthy product. You know, I think first and foremost is Secure 2.0 endorses the defined contribution system. And that's really important, right? That's what we do every day. We know the system works, and this is kind of an affirmation of that by a bipartisan large group of members of Congress, not only preserving tax incentives that exist, but actually expanding them, making it easier, getting more people into plans, letting them save a little bit more, letting it grow a little bit longer. That's really important. So that's raising the RMDH, that's making you know small business tax credits uh, so more people can get in, involved in saving and um, kind of increasing the catch-up contribution uh, capacity for, for older workers to make up for kind of some shortfalls maybe earlier in their career. But then also touches on you know financial wellness and, and financial holistic kind of approach to financial wellness. So integrating student loan uh, repayment into 401k, 457, and 403b plans. You know, there's one company that Treasury said can do it. This would let every company do that. And I think a lot of folks are excited about that. You know, for the first time, Congress is saying, look, maybe there are ways we can help support employers offering emergency savings solutions. That's obviously really important. We've come through a pandemic when kind of folks learn to, to kind of deal with, with volatile economic times. So there's kind of two proposals in the emergency savings space, which we've been kind of supportive of Congress giving employers more choice. And then I think from a spark perspective, our sweet spot, this is the, you know, the holy grail of, of kind of simplifying and, and making retirement savings plans more easily operatable. So what does that mean? Kind of a couple of quick things I'll just tick through. You know, to some, they might be boring to our members, folks watching this, they're kind of our daily lives. Why do we make it so hard for folks to take a hardship distribution? They're having a, a hardship. The roof came off, the flood, the water's raised. So let's allow for self-certification. We're not letting them take all their money, but we're just making it easier for them to get that money in a, in a difficult time in their lives. Let's take notices and disclosures. Why do we mail under law all of the documents in a plan to a participant who's unenrolled? Let's get the participant in the plan, then we'll mail them all the documents, but let's not scare them off with documents. So this says, look, if you've got unenrolled participants in your plan, you should encourage them and you have to you know, kind of provide documents to get them to try and join the plan, but stop treating them as if they're a plan participant. And then I think, Jeff, you know, there's a whole series of kind of um, making it easier for plan errors to be corrected, streamlining um, other kind of operations, and you know, some great things like hopefully you know, expanding choice for four through B plan participants. You know, their plans look and feel a lot more like the 401k and 457 world we're familiar with, but kind of a historical anomaly has limited their ability to kind of join the trend of folks investing in collective investment trusts. So kind of a whole range of really exciting provisions that you know, will be impactful, not only when this becomes law, but I think actually pay, you know, um, dividends for, for decades to come. Tim, uh, Chris checks off some really important um, provisions. And I just want to go back in time. I mean, does this feel like deja vu a little bit to you? I remember back in 2019, during the, I don't know if it was the lame duck session, but it was certainly towards the end of the year. Maybe it was the, I think it was uh, um, uh, the, the lame duck, but the, but the passage of secure. And, uh, you know, does, does it feel like that again, where there's deja vu, like, okay, we're waiting to the last couple of weeks of the term. Um, we, we just had to help cross our fingers. Well, um, Chris may know why that's the case. And it always ends up being the, at the 11th hour, but, uh, it's, um, uh, it's always welcome. And, uh, we're, we're thrilled that, uh, that it's made it this far and, um, I'm glad to hear from Chris's perspective that it looks like uh, it'll pass. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people had their fingers crossed, Chris. Deja vu to you? Uh, do you feel like, um, you know, I mean, retirement is a bipartisan issue. I mean, you can't tell me anyone in the Congress who doesn't think that retirement is important and being able to have money and financial independence is, 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 not, is not unimportant. Well, I, as Joe Jeff, you know, I always say members of Congress are just like the rest of us. Most everyone wants to retire. Not all of them are ready to retire from Congress, but they want to help us when we're ready to retire from our jobs. So, you know, yes, this is kind of a, a, a sequel, but I, I think the good news, I, you know, I think it's, it's also the, the, you know, the reality is the sequel here, unlike some others, is actually better than the original. There's more provisions, there's more reach, helps folks in IRAs, helps kind of plans, you know, really a very broad and robust package. And yes, the path might be the same. Uh, and I think we are very hopeful that it, you know, it gets across the finish line this year. Uh, but the outcome, I think, is even better. Um, and I think it will create a whole generation of new members of Congress who realize the more time they spend here, you know, these are issues their constituents really care about. We all want to retire and we want to retire with you know, dignity and, and with the resources we need to en enjoy the lifestyle that we, we want. Uh, to enjoy. So, you know, these are really critical issues. And I think you're right, Jeff. It's great to see a bipartisan uh, group of folks, House, Senate, um, engaged in this and getting this across the finish line this year. Um, if it doesn't, we'll be back at it next year. But I, I think we want to remain really hopeful because there's been, you know, really years of hard work to get us to this period at the end of the year. Um, not everything is going to get across the finish line in, in different sectors. Folks are working for all kinds of different things. But as I said, this one's still in in the mix. And that's a really exciting thing. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of great staffers, regulators, a lot of people behind the scenes. It's not just the congresspersons and the senators that work this through. Chris, Tim, I need to take a very quick break. And I think you made a great segue, Chris. We come back, we'll talk about retirement legislative priorities, a lot more. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Tax audits, tax liens, 
wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare, and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom, and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free. Welcome back. A reminder that today's show is powered by the Spark Institute. To learn more about the Spark Institute, its members, its mission, and its legislative agenda for 2023, visit sparkinstitute.org. Well, Tim, Chris, thanks so much for sticking around with us for segment number two. Really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Um, all right, Tim, I want to start with you. Uh, let's talk about the legislative priorities or the retirement priorities for 2023. Here we are just a few weeks before the end of the year. We're very hopeful, as Chris said, that SECURE will pass. But you know, you don't always get everything that's going to get included in a bill. What are some of the priorities for SPARC and its membership in terms of looking at the 2023 legislative agenda? So, uh, as I mentioned in the last segment, uh, Jeff, we've done um, a really good job over the uh, past few years of bringing the industry together and working through the, the common threads that each of our member firms have in terms of their legislative and regulatory agenda. And I think that helps tremendously uh, amplify the voice in Washington. There's, there's, uh, there's strength in numbers. And when you, you speak for the, for the industry, it, it helps motivate, uh, I think, a lot of the policymakers. So the, the last time we, we got together as an organization, um, at the end of, uh, you know, right after Secure One was passed, we went through the exercise and we identified what is it that Sparks members are focused on. So number one, um, preserve and expand the, the retirement incentives. And Chris mentioned this in the last segment that um, we've done a, a, a great job in this country of accumulating assets for retirement. We really are the envy of a lot of the industrialized world with the is the retirement programs that we have in place. 
Does that mean they can't be improved? No, they can always be improved. And so um, job one is to preserve what we've done and expand upon it. The second thing is, is, is we want to promote financial wellness. And, and this bill does a lot of that with its recognition around um, emergency savings and student loan repayments. Um, the, the, Chris had mentioned earlier too, uh, e-delivery is a key component of, of what we want to do. It also ties in with um, electronic administration, um, things like remote notarizations. Um, and that ties in with simplification, whether it comes from you know, simplification of testing, reporting, uh, or just lowering cost overall. And then um, we also are looking for ways to make lifetime income uh, available to more individuals uh, through innovations and other and other enhancements. Back in September, our uh, advisory board uh, decided to um, apply one additional item, and that was financial literacy. And so that's that's one other key provision uh, of our goals when it comes to legislative and regulatory priorities. Yeah, and, and t- Chris, uh, Tim ticked off really, some really important pr- things. Uh, issues that really need to be addressed. I want to ask you before I get your opinion on those. Let me just ask you about the the makeup. The makeup of Congress has changed slightly. What does that mean to the priorities potentially of Congress? Uh, there, you know, the shift in leadership, maybe some new committee chairpersons, some new faces perhaps in the U.S. Senate. Uh, what does that mean in terms of the legislative priorities that Spark and the industry have? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a really important point you made before, Jeff, that, you know, members of Congress have a huge role in this, as do their staff. And and sometimes when the members retire and, and move on, uh, so do their staff. And so I think this is going to be 2023 will be a year of change. You know, I think most significantly, obviously, you know, Chairman Neal, uh, Chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, kind of helped shepherd uh, the Secure 1.0 has he and his staff have helped shepherd the Secure 2.0 along with all of their other colleagues. But really, this is a key priority for Chairman Neal. He's not going to be chairman next year. Um, he's going to be the ranking member. So, you know, I think that's significant. You know, he prioritized these. This is one of his first kind of retirement savings was one of his first hearings when he took the chairmanship um, a few years back. And, and one of the first significant bipartisan bills was um, secure. Uh, Risa then at the time for the predecessor, right, moving those bills forward. Um, so it's significant. You know, on the Senate side, as you indicated, you know, uh, those of you in this space know that Cardin and Portman have been leaders on this for more than 20 years. Um, and Senator Portman has decided to retire this year. So he won't be here next year. So Senator Cardin will be, but he's got to find some new partners to work with. And no one really will replace um, uh, Senator Portman. All three of those, uh, by the way, Jeff, are kind of the most recent and the second to most recent Spark uh, retirement champions. Um, and no surprise, they've been leaders uh, and helped move the ball forward here a lot. I, there will be other changes. I think the key thing is, and this is why Spark's you know, focused on, on our dialogues with members of Congress and their staff is, we need to continue to educate them, learn about the importance of our industry, the important uh, products and services that our members provide and how we support their constituents, folks saving for retirement and their you know, employers, their constituents too, offering retirement plans. And that's kind of what Spark's main role is in this process is making sure everyone understands the value this system has provided over the last you know, period of time and, and the great exciting future that we have to help make sure folks are, are on the right track. Uh, Tim, I want to talk about, uh, in the last few minutes that we have in this segment, um, the segment, uh, the actions of, of Spark. I mean, you have 
several events coming up in the new year. Um, how to, keeping members informed has to, have to be has to be at the very top. Let's talk about some of those events. What can Spark members um, and maybe some that are looking at Spark as uh, p- potentially joining? What can they expect um, from Spark and the leadership in terms of uh, events that, that are coming up in 2023? Well, we have our standard events, uh, Jeff. We, we, uh, our advisory team gets together quarterly. We have that uh, event coming up at the end of February. Um, then we, we team up with DCA for a public policy uh, forum that will be down in Washington. Uh, we'll be back in Washington for our, our September quarterly event. And, um, and then we'll have our November forum uh, down in Florida at, um, but in, in between, we are looking at one of the areas that, that we've been focused on for the last year or so has been, uh, well, we've been focused on data security for a long time with our data security oversight board. Uh, but we've also been looking at um, privacy and, and in relation to data security and how to protect the system. But at the same time, you've got this demand for additional information, additional integration, whether it's student loan repayments or emergency savings or, or other areas. Um, there's this demand by participants. There's a demand by their employers for integration. That requires us to navigate the waters uh, around this access to other additional information, but at the same time, ensuring both data security and privacy concerns. Yeah, there's a lot going on in Washington, a lot going on outside of Washington when it comes to retirement. Tim, you've got to keep your membership up to date, uh, up to speed, I should say. And Chris, I uh, just want to finish off with you. I mean, uh, interacting with members of Congress, it isn't just one and done, right? I mean, it's about uh, continuously meeting from your perspective, advocating for and getting, um, I guess, getting the message to uh, senior members of Congress, but also their staff about what um, is happening throughout the year, why things uh, make sense today and in the long term. Yeah, no, it's it's a relationship. I mean, just like we all have those in, in our business world, this is a you know professional relationship that you know is based on you know trust, mutual understanding, and and being a, a valued uh, educational resource. And that's kind of what I think is a really exciting role that Spark plays to make sure that we can kind of carry the voice of the record keepers and our members to the Hill, but also serve as a resource when they have questions and be able to answer um, them as they're thinking about these issues and what they want to do. You know, it, it's no surprise that the folks who we still, you know, look to as the leaders, they started, you know, maybe asking a couple interesting questions. Someone said, hey, what's this 401k thing? And, you know, 20 years ago, they kind of started digging in. So we're looking all the time to kind of develop new champions because you know, this is a long, long running thing, just like retirement savings. It's not done today, uh, finished tomorrow. This is a long going effort to kind of make sure folks understand the value of, of what we provide their constituents and how they can be helpful in, in making sure their constituents are prepared for retirement. We're really excited about all the work Spark can do. And, and it's only possible because we're members and, and programs like this, Jeff, which help educate you know, both policymakers, um, you know, community members and, and the public. And also the interviewer. Gentlemen, we're going to have to leave it there. Really great to see you as always. Thanks for your advocacy, your great work on behalf of retirement plans, participants, and employers. And we look forward to having you back on the program again with some positive news in the new year. Take care. Thank you, Jeff. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. 
have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.